Do you like to dine out, but you're on a very tight budget? Then the Dining on a Dime podcast is what you want to listen to. Now, here are the guys who are going to show you how to do this. Kevin Wilson and John Cole. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest podcast in the history of this great sport. My name's Kevin Wilson. J. Cole. Jim Hassan. Ben Pappas. And we are here today... Uh, we have the king of all crepes with us. We're so excited to have him. Uh, Charlie's Crepes at right. 177 South Center Street in Merchantville. But more importantly, you can get a ton of great info at charliescrepes.com. Woo! And, <laughs> woo! And then... I've talked about this guy pretty much on every show I've done since he opened. Right. Um, I, I, a few minutes ago, just off, off the air, I said... He brings that kind of food truck energy where anything goes. I, you know, F your boundaries or <laughs> there's no borders. He does anything and everything in a crepe. And I would strongly suggest everybody check out the Instagram. If you're any kind of foodie, if you're listening to this show, you kind of dig some of the stuff we do, uh, check out his feed. Channel's crepes, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to let our listeners know because we didn't do this enough last week. Uh, we're going to spend 30 minutes with Charlie. So if you're listening on the podcast, you listen for 30 minutes. And then 30 minutes from now, we're going to give everyone the best places to get brunch. And then we're also going to talk to Jim Pappas and Jim Hassan. Yeah, this is going to be like brunch part two, like the Godfather right. sequel. There were people that got to me with, wait, you forgot this and wait, you forgot that. Right. I'm like, son, I've been eating more than you, than you. I eat more in a week than you eat in a month. So do me a favor. I haven't forgotten anything. I, I eat your body weight I, in a week. Exactly. It just made me laugh. Like a 150 pound kid. I'm like, my prom date weighed more than you. Settle down, son. I, we'll get to more brunch. So segments one and two will be with Charlie's Crepes. Segment three will be with the cheesesteaks. Every segment three, we talk cheesesteaks. Nice. And then segment four, boom, Did we used to have a guy that did cheesesteaks? So that, yeah, that, that yeah, gimm- Jim Pappas. That gimmick up boring, right? So that, his, new, his new gimmick is what? Uh, <laughs> let's talk to Charlie. Charlie Speaking is, of crepes, yeah. before you get started, the, um, crepes make great brunch. We're going to be talking about that That's a little later. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. And I, I always like to think of Charlie's as... Brunch is very sedentary, right? Everybody's sort of hungover. You're moving kind of slow. For those people that aren't hungover, for those people that I, I love these young fit people that are jumping in Jeeps and, you know, ripping down to Chadsworth, you can still have decent brunch. Yeah. You hit Charlie's, <coughs> he's got great to go containers, everything, you know, killer coffee, and he, you're out the door and you're still not getting a shmammy brunch, you're getting a good brunch. And then you can go and be super active like I'm not. Or on a nice day, you could BYOB and bring a yeah. picture oh, of great. Bloody Marys. If You've you got want. outdoor seating. 177 <laughs> South Center Street, Merchantville, New Jersey. I want Charlie's uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Rah, rah. Well, if he wasn't sitting here, I'd, I'd be over there. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's great. What's great was that Charlie brought a guitar case, and it was actually full of crepes. <laughs> Dude, the one day I went to go over, he took off like one day this entire summer, right? And it was like a day I decided to go over there. I was running yeah, around. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> It's literally the guy took off one day in a hundred, and he's like, no, I'm hanging out with my kid, man, whatever. Blah, blah. We like, had a wedding. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, ah, son. <laughs> Let's talk Charlie's Crepes. Charlie, welcome yes, to the show. Thank you. Thanks for and having me. just uh, introduce our audience to you and uh, what, tell us about Charlie. Isn't that our job? <laughs> <laughs> What's cool is uh, it's not just Charlie, you know, it's my wife, Lisa, too. Oh, great. And she does the sweet stuff. I do the savory stuff, and it makes for a happy marriage. That's awesome. And yeah. what, what, what are your top sellers? Uh, classic stuff like banana Nutella and ham and cheese, but you know, I ran a brunch special today. I did, uh, I did, I called it by land if by sea and, uh, it had some wild rice with bison in it from the market, buck wild bison guys That's awesome. provide us our, our bison. And then it had bacon, uh, some shrimp that I sauteed. I made a homemade tomatillo salsa and put a poached egg on top of it. So we had shrimp and bacon and homemade tomatillo salsa. And you're doing gourmet stuff inside crepes. This is great. 177 South Center Street, Merchantville, New Jersey. But the best way to do it, charliescrepes.com, C-H-A-R-L-I-E-S, and then C-R-E-P-E-S.com. 
com. And tell us about this is a great this is an American success story. Uh, Charlie started out in Collingswood uh, Farmers Market. Yeah, Haddon Heights technically. I worked with Joe Gentili over at Local Links. He helped me get the whole crepe started, crepe business started, and um, then we uh, Treehouse goes on vacation okay. two weeks out of the year, and so uh, in 2015. David Hodges let us come in and fill in for Treehouse. We've been there every weekend ever since. Isn't that something? And then you turned that into a brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. That, yep. That is pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah. We were looking around the whole time. <laughs> where can we? Where can we land? Where can we? Where can we just, squat? Yeah. <laughs> you, had, were, you were so successful at the farm. Yeah, we did well, and it had it had to uh, had to have parking. It had to have the rent had to be right. There are a lot of right things that have to happen when right. you open a brick and mortar and this place that we looked at i was just driving by it one day and my my was it's a taqueria tapas and it was a mexican place and i was like my daughter loves tacos so i went in and mexican food so i went around the circle pulled in and it had a for rent sign on it so i looked in and inside there was an overhead hood already in there oh nice God. that's awesome yeah on the for rent sign there was no phone number though <laughs> so, I <laughs> so I remember I saw a sweet truck like that once, yeah. and they're like, they, they got all the information in the truck, no contact information. Like a week later, I go back, the truck is gone. I'm like, oh. well, come on. Yes. So I went next door to the deli, and I was like, do you have any information on this, this place? Like, like, yeah, here's here's the guy's number. Oh, wow. So He's probably wondering why he hasn't gotten any calls right. on it in like five months. Why is nobody calling me about that? And if you go to Charlie's Crepes on especially Instagram, you have the most excellent Instagram page. Yes. Uh, talk about some of these creations. Just talk about, chat about some of the creations you've put together. All right, so um, last week I ran a, a, a lobster and lump crab gumbo. See, there you go. So <laughs> I think Kevin just got the vapor. Hold on, I just put up the. <laughs> I know Kevin fell out of his chair. I just I just put up the goal sign. Jim, catch him, man! He looks like he's a little. But where can you get that? Where? I, but, I'm gonna step over him to get to Charlie's. I know. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't make it, bro. But, yeah. but seriously, where can, can you get this? that? But you can't even get that in a restaurant. But, you're putting in a crepe, a good one in a restaurant. Then you're putting in a crepe. That's great. So what happens is, you know, you get the lobster, and when it goes on sale, because the margins on lobster are. are terrible so you get it when it goes on sale and then you you make the stock you make the brick roux you make everything from scratch and then you go to get your filet powder and what store in i don't know i went to shop right in the mccormick <laughs> spice rack there was no filet powder so i ordered some filet powder online i was gonna is, say that sounds like an amazon move yeah it was an amazon move for sure it's ground sassafras leaves, which thickens it at the end of the of the whole process. So we had an authentic uh, gumbo. I kept it pescatarian because uh, I had a customer who kind of said, "But you could get I make homemade chorizo, so you can get you could get chorizo added to the uh, rice and have some chorizo dirty rice if you want." So you have gourmet food inside a crepe. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, you may as well make it good if you're going to make it. Right. What What was your most uh, exotic creation like what did you ever you put yeah <laughs> ever. ever we're just oh, trying to give the, uh, the listeners an idea what kind of stuff they'll get wow oh i did a, I, I got a tenderloin one time and i put a tenderloin inside of it but you know the trick and if you go to any really nice restaurant and i won't i won't say any names but it's a very popular place in collingswood that uh, does stuff on a hearth uh, but that's all I'm saying about that place. But <laughs> all of these places, the way the way to to, to not mess up a steak is to sous vide it. Okay. So you sous vide it, then you sear it, and like some people roll their eyes and say, "Oh man, that's cheating, whatever." And like I, I just I had a, a London broil last week that I just grilled. I didn't I didn't sous vide it, and it turned out perfectly. You know, you gotta you gotta let the meat get to room temp, and you gotta you know you, you gotta watch your time, and <laughs> you got yeah. you gotta know what you're doing. But, uh, That's the key you just hit, right? All these people who've gotten turned on to food. And I never want to turn anybody off on food, right? I don't care if it's Top Chef, Food Network, whatever. People are turned on to food now. But you got to know what you're doing. People will at me at like 3 in the morning that they're stoned out of their mind. And I love the fact, first of all, that they're cooking. And second of all, that they thought enough of me to ask my advice, right? Yeah, but yeah. I'm like... 
You have zero culinary training. Have you even cracked open a cookbook? Right, right. I'm not saying you need to have years of culinary training, but you haven't even cracked open a cookbook. And they're trying to figure out why, like, the reverse sear method on the New York Strip isn't coming out. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, wow. Well, and they've never you have a dog a because the dog will really appreciate that what's left right. of that New York Strip. Right, right. So I guess um, I have a question yeah. for Charlie. Uh, because I have a friend who, his wife is French, and so he goes to France a lot, and he comes back talking about creperies. What made you decide to do, like, crepes? That's a good question. That is a good question. Because <laughs> it's, it's not normal. To, and I'm I mean, not there, he's here. No, I, yeah, right? Nobody else is doing I did food two hours of research. Go ahead. Go ahead, Charles. So we, uh, my wife and I went to France on our honeymoon, and we ate a ton of crepes, and we love them. And we were kind of bouncing around food cart ideas, and... Uh, we were thinking maybe at first empanadas. And the build-out price on an empanada cart was $70,000 wow. because we wanted, we wanted to bake them and not fry them. So it had a lot to do with the space needed for the heating elements and stuff. And uh, in France, we went to the south of France, Nice, and the fa our favorite place we stayed was in a little gite uh, just north of Nice. And uh, we ran into a family, and they were like, well, what, what did you like about Paris? And they're like, well, you could just get a baguette and a bottle of wine and go to the Eiffel Tower and just hang out and be happy. And That is you know, pretty cool. You know, you're, not, you're spending under five bucks yeah. for a baguette and a bottle of wine. Exactly. And it's really good wine. Every wine in France is really, even the bad wine is good wine. That's one of the things people don't realize. Yes, there's everybody who's gone to France and they don't know what the exchange rate is and they've paid $900 for like a croque masseur and like a glass of beer. Well, you kind of deserve that. You brought that on yourself. But if you take like the tiniest little bit of time to do the little bit of research, you'll get a great bottle of wine. And a baguette, and they'll always throw in a little something else there for you, a piece of fruit or whatever. Wow. You take your bag to the top of the Eiffel Tower or to some very nice, quiet place, and you and your, your spouse, who your friend, your traveling companion, whatever, can have an awesome experience in a meal for literally like 5 6 $7 U.S., it pays to just do the tiniest little bit of research. I understand people are busy, but how much money are you spending to go to France? Right. And Jim Pappas is the Philadelphia cheesesteak adventurer. He's not guy, going to France. He's the guy all <laughs> over the news that ate the 300 cheesesteaks. He was on Good Day Philadelphia. He was on all the major places. Now sponsored by Lipitor. And I've, I've heard of you. And Weight Watchers. <laughs> I'm not worthy. My, quest, my question to you is, have you ever done any concoctions using Philadelphia cheesesteaks? Uh, yeah, I've done the cheesesteak crepe. Have you? Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, it's a really you, you get a really good piece of meat when you do it, and you do a you know a sirloin or whatever, and you you cut it really thin, and you let it marinate. I marinated mine in brandy, and then I seared it off, and I made a, a bacon beer cheese with horseradish sauce. And uh, yeah, see, I gotta ask you, I gotta ask all you guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what's the deal with cheese with? <laughs> no, we no, we're anti-cheese. Okay. okay. Whiz, I'm a fan of. <laughs> cheese whiz, I'm no. not. Whiz. I love, we've talked before about people who make their own cheese sauce. Yeah. Whiz is what the area locals call, like, what, bechamel, mornay? Bechamel, yeah. Uh, that, they, they, don't know, they don't have that term, right? Right. So to them, it's all whiz, but it's not. I've got friends. We talked about Mike Strauss, uh, my buddy Bob Fisher. Over at Molly Malloy's, these guys make their own whiz, right. either out of Cooper cheese or some blended cheeses, and everybody just thinks it's whiz. And I'm like, no, nah, let's be really. clear. Yeah. Cheese whiz is neither. <laughs> right. But if you've got some skills, you can sort of make your own bechamel, mornay, whatever. Like a creamy cheese. Like, like a creamy cheese. Because if you put, like, uh, let's say, let's talk about fries. If you put cheddar cheese on fries and bake it, it's great for the beginning, and then all of a sudden it, like, congeals. Yes. Right. Yeah, you've got this grainy sort of spackle right. on, on your fries. And you're but done. if you make a bechamel uh, sauce, you can you yeah. can do it. Yeah. It's a lot more versatile, I guess. I know right. people are right now at home saying, oh, they're getting fancy. <laughs> well, it's chef talk. Just so you Get guys used know, to it. in season two... We're going to, you know how our, our announcer, William Murphy, is like, for you people dining on a dime right. without money. Well, you know what? We gave you a year to find some we money. We gave you a whole year. We gave you a whole year to find some money. And I'm we out gave of fix. A whole <laughs> year to eat broke. Now we're going to assume you hopefully found a job. Yeah. So this year we're going to give you uh, we're going to give you picks and talk about places and things about 
how to make your own food, how to make decent food. We're going to be talking about markets in season two. So you guys are going to have to maybe find a glossary online of culinary terms. Totally agree. uh, So you can keep up a little bit. I'm done telling you to go to Sonic at 7 o'clock and get your free shake. That's all done. That format is over. We're talking to Charlie's Crepes, 177 South Center Street in Merchantville. Best way to do it, charliescrepes.com. We're going to head to break and about one minute uh what is your favorite crepe to make we got one minute oh uh, well you know i i some of my favorite crepes are the easiest crepes yep. uh the we do a vanilla bourbon peaches with a uh, candy pecan salted caramel and whipped cream <laughs> you and had me a bourbon it's <laughs> seasonal right and so you you you'd poach it in real vanilla beans you, nice. that that makes all the difference but uh they're easy to put together and they're very gratifying and like it has a lot of components but you know drizzling caramel on a crepe is like one of the most gratifying things you can do that's great and we're gonna go to break but when we come back we're gonna have a guitar session with uh charlie all right you can follow dining on a dime on facebook at facebook.com that's uh forward slash dining on a dime the number one on twitter at Dining on a Dime, the number one, Instagram, KJW1972, and for sponsorship opportunities starting as low as $200 per episode, email us at diningonadime at yahoo.com. Okay, we have returned. Charlie's Crepes. Oh, we're back on the air. I'm still drinking. 177. Or continued to drink. <laughs> 177 South Center Street in Merchantville. Uh, our next segment it was with the cheesesteak king, Jim Pappas. We're going to talk cheesesteaks, and then our fourth segment will be all about brunch. And I'm very proud of myself. I posted all my brunch photos at Facebook.com, Dining on a Dime 1. And, I'm not uh, posted photos. If I tell them to go somewhere, they go somewhere. Right, if they don't, they lose out. I'm very happy with my picks. I couldn't be happier. And we're going to do that in segment four. We're going to do a speed round because we only have 15 minutes to give our picks. But right now multi-talented this man is multi-talented charlie's crepes is gonna play us a little guitar go ahead uh this song is it has to be original right yeah i i don't want to get sued (laughs) all right my band's lounge act we're playing uh porch fest if you're interested nice oh this song is called whiskey town I can still smell your perfume Images in my mind Life caught up with us And our love was left behind Now I'm in this motel room Chasing ghosts and songs Nothing cuts the morning fog like A lonesome sound Wasted in whiskey town Another way to go straight down Like a king without his crown Or a sad clown without his frown Another year passes us by And still I wonder why How did our sweet love die? How did our sweet love die? Wasted in whiskey town again Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You heard it up. You said it was a matter of time. New time didn't matter for us. I thought it was a matter of will. But you knew it was a matter of trust. Another bar, another town. Another way to go straight down. Sometimes down can be too far. Sometimes down can be. Wasted in whiskey town Another way to go straight down Like a king without his crown Or a sad clown without his frown Another year passes us by And still I wonder why How did our sweet love die? How did our sweet love die? Wasted in whiskey town again 
That is awesome, dude. And Thanks, brother. You guys about- better get over to Charlie's Crepes now. <laughs> yeah, right? Because my guess is this food making thing isn't going to be around too long. <laughs> but, but listen, talk about the band. Let's talk about the band. Well, uh, oh, we, yeah, where are you playing? We, throw it out there, man. Yeah, throw it out there. Do you have happy songs? Yeah. I do. That I, was the yeah. happy song. That, that was man. the happy one. <laughs> yeah. The question is, like, how did our sweet love die? It may have something to do with the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but talk about the band. That's so, great. Lounge Act, uh, we've been, it's dad rock. You know, we're all dads. Right. All of our kids are in school together. And it's a Collingswood group, and we've been doing it since 2011. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we have sometimes keyboardists joins us. Sometimes we just played at the Tap Room, did a three-hour gig there. Uh, played Tom Petty. Play. We do a lot of REM and uh, Radiohead and old. Oh, old see that? That's awesome. And so you do covers. Suddenly you oh, guys yeah. are all perked oh, up like, he's at Radiohead! Uh, <laughs> and, and for full disclosure, I wasn't allowed to have you do a cover song because there's copyright infringement stuff. But uh, that Taylor just song told you that because he's not into R.E.M. <laughs> that, that, none of that's true, actually. The engineer is sitting there doing the J-O motion like, I'm not listening to no R.E.M. I don't know any songs past 1982. <laughs> I'm still singing Lionel Richie. <laughs> but uh, where is the gig? Talk about the gig. Oh, so Collingswood does a wonderful, wonderful thing called Porch Fest, where they have all they, they have some really nice houses, some Victorian houses with beautiful porches. So they'll put musicians, pair musicians with uh, homeowners, and they'll do a whole day. I think it's uh, it's a Saturday, and I want to say it's October twenty first or twenty third, whatever Saturday falls in. Right. The, no, 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 not 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 October. It's um, September. Okay. Sorry, sorry October's too late. Um, so it's in a month or so, a little and, over a month. Now, here's the thing. When I go see a cover band, I love certain band. What is the certain songs that you guys specialize in? So, uh, certain bands that you guys specialize in? So we do Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. Uh, we did Tom Petty, Running Down a Dream. Oh. Yeah, but see, the problem is Kevin's going to break out his, his Pink Floyd crop top. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking maybe I'm that's my, not the move. I'm wearing my Pink Floyd tank top. Be <laughs> 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 good, Charlie. Talk yeah. about the, the song, oh, like absolutely. the bands you guys cover. So, so uh, it, we we call it, we do Wilco. Um, uh, we do we we call it. Uh, there's a song, uh, and I'm only, I'm not gonna play more than ten seconds. Okay, but it's, That's, I can up, only do ten seconds. It's yeah. Peter Wolf's song. You know, okay. it's like way up past the boulevard, out here underneath. You know, it's uh, nice. Nothing but uh, the wheel. I just wheel. got a text from Legal. Then I'll talk to you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. Do you do Paul Simon? We do Paul Simon. We do the Rolling Stones. I'm there. If you do Paul oh Simon, I'm there. Paul Simon is my favorite singer in history. I love Paul Simon. I, I listen to every single uh, album he has put out. I love Paul You know Simon. what? This is a good point, too. Let me just take a second and throw this out there. Um, I get this all the time. People know I'm at Night Market in Philly. Uh, dozens of trucks, hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people, depending on the weather. And people are like, man, I want to go out, but I don't want to deal with that crowd. I don't yeah. want to cross the bridge. And I get it, man. You know, Philly is is a big scene. There are several places you just mentioned. Uh, Cinnaminson, Haddonfield, uh, Moorestown, Medford. These are places that have what I consider Main Street hometown events. And they are great. And you get great acts. Yeah. Um, you get great food. And, you know, it's not a rugby match. All you need to do. Go to Facebook, because most of the townships, some townships do Twitter, some do Instagram. Almost everybody does Facebook. Right. Go to Facebook and put in whatever town you're in. I don't care if it's Pittman, you know, uh, Northfield, I don't care where you are. Put it in the Facebook search engine, and you will find a page where somebody, either the township or, you know, everybody's got like a township Karen, right? You, you guys, And township Karen is telling you where all the events are, yeah. whether it's you guys playing at a coffee shop or a bar or a restaurant. And this is how you guys can get out, because I get this all the time. I literally, literally got this yesterday from someone over at Rostelli's telling me. I'd love to go to, to, to night market, be, and but I'm too old, and I'm this and I'm that. First of all, no, you're not. Right. Um, if you've got a pulse, you're not too old. <laughs> but if you're not comfortable with the crowd size, and I'll be honest, night market is you know it's pretty big in Philly. It's you know sometimes it's tough to walk. Go find your local places. Go find your local events like Porch Fest, like you're just talking about. These are a ton of fun. You can actually talk to your date, your spouse, your parent, your kid, whoever you bring with you, a friend. And it's in some ways it's even more fun because it's easier to customize a small event experience 
then, you know, Philly's night market, you know, the food trust works on this thing for months. Yeah. The PMFA works on who's going to be where, and they're tweeting out, this truck is on this street. And it's very, I always describe it as the difference between Disney World and Hershey Park. Right. right. Yeah, Disney World is sort of, you know, you're walking around with the big eyes and the jaw hitting the yeah. floor. Like, you know, I can't believe they built all this stuff. But everybody are, uh, in my generation, in my age group, has awesome Hershey Park memories. Yeah. They have awesome Steel Pier memories, Steel Pier memories, awesome memories from down in Wildwood. Um, I had somebody yesterday tell me, oh, my God, I used to get so sick on the Planet of the Apes ride down in Wildwood. Uh, younger people have no idea what I'm, what I'm talking about, <laughs> but everybody 40 and over is like, oh, my God, I almost completely forgot about that and the haunted house in Brigantine. That vibe and that feel is now found at all these kind of events like yeah. Porch Fest. Farmers uh, markets. Farmers markets. Yeah. Um, uh, on, under the Patco train. Um, and I, it's, it's, Is it Tuesday? Uh, the Collingswood is Saturday morning, it's, eight, eight I, to I, noon. I, you know, I mean, literally, you could jump on the train, grab a cup of coffee, and go. Always good acts. And it, it's always somebody's there. And, of course, there's always somebody selling food. You know, you're not going to go hungry. Let's be honest. We're the fattest country on the planet. You can listen to music <laughs> for an hour between meals. And the talent at some of those shows it's, it's is incredible. I was watching a girl at, like, 15 yeah. play guitar. And I'm like, you know, at 15, I barely wore matching shoes. <laughs> yeah. And this girl was, it was amazing. So... Do me a favor, support those local events. Yeah. And I'm certainly not saying to not go to big events. You know, do what makes you happy. But the one thing I don't want our listeners to do is sit home and do nothing. Right. Because I get that all the time. Like, oh, man, I just wound up sat at home, turning on Netflix. Netflix will always be there. Right. Spoiler alert, they're never going away. A great resource uh, put out there by a local musician, David Kelly, is Acoustic Music Happenings on, on Facebook. Oh, and wow. he lists, whenever he plays... Uh, People who are, are on there can list when they play. Tell people that again. Tell people acoustic that. music happenings on Facebook. That's a great tip. Yeah, yeah, and you get you you can go to Collingswood Music to find music. They do. Uh, my my neighbor Ted owns Collingswood Music, and he has Charming Snakes. He has Monko play. We do a Beatles Stones night. Nice. Yeah, we played. Uh, uh, don't play with me. Uh, don't uh, play with fire by the Stones. Nice. We did that, and, and uh, the things we said today about the Beatles, and and like it's, it's a great. You're you're on point with that, John. When, when you say get out there, and I don't want to get into it, but I don't like to brag, but I used to be a part owner of Tool Shack Records back in 2000. Uh, so I know about the music scene. I love, uh, and what I used to do is when you I used Lionel to, Richie on, and or? when I used to recruit, I used to go to these places. And Imagine the, that you're a young musician, and all he's got cheap music for is walking on the ceiling. <laughs> you're like, come on, dude. And the talent level that is talent level that is at these events is second to none. I, I, I it saw really some people, is. We draw a ton of people. I would say from like New Hope, PA. Yeah. To down the shore, right. maybe up to Princeton and as far down as like the Delaware beaches, there is this heavy concentration of musicians and they go all around and they hit the same places because I see them all the time. Yep. They hit the same 10, 12, 15 music festivals like six months of the year. Yeah. And it is so totally worth it. And yeah, when they have a CD for 10 bucks, buy it. I, I saw uh, uh, two guys. They're called, they were called Pleasure Avenue. And that was one of the best. <laughs> Best concerts I've ever been to. Best concert, worst name. Let's talk about your name, son. And they did cover, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, am I at the concert? I couldn't believe well, it. You know as well as I do, everybody in this room is probably over 35, maybe over 40. You know as well as I do, you're probably not going to concerts anymore. Right. Yeah. You're not going to sleep in a van. You're not going to wake <laughs> and up. And you're not going to pay 80 bucks. Between two porta yeah. potties. Those days are done. But you can still go out and enjoy concerts. Yeah. I don't care if you're down the shore. I don't care if you're up in the Poconos. Um, you know, like, Collingswood is neither of those things. Right. Um, these, I, are, these are places that have stuff going on, also stuff that doesn't end at four in the morning, right. so you could, in theory, go to work the next day. But I couldn't believe I was not at a professional concert, and I used to go to those kind of music events all the time, and, and some of the talent there is second to none, second to none. These places have great food vendors. Yeah. They have food trucks a lot of times, um, craft beer at some of them. Yep, and let's close it out with Charlie's Crepes, C H A R L I E S C R E P E S dot com. Charlie's Crepes dot com, because yeah. uh, a lot of people spell Charlie with E Y. Uh, so they're at one seventy seven South Center Street in Merchantville, New Jersey. And Charlie, in closing, because we got to go to our final break. Go ahead. 
Uh, I got my theme song. Charlie's, Charlie's Creeps. They're the best in the whole tri-state. Charlie's, Charlie's Creeps. Keep, keep calm and eat creeps. Hey. <laughs> I, feel like da- I, I feel like Darren from Bewitched. <laughs> no, this makes up for ad campaign. No, this makes up when we have a guy who comes in and he's like, my name is Jim. I ate three cheesesteaks in a year. That's why I'm no longer here. That, that doesn't work, man. That cheesesteak wrap is thankfully we brought someone in that has talent right. and no food. Yeah. But back to type when we come back. Well, the cheesesteak guy. All right. Again. We're going to go to break when we return. Charlie, Jim. thanks for being here, man. Charlie, Seriously. thank you so much. Thanks, Charlie. When we come back, Jim Pappas. You can find Table for One, written by Dining on a Dime's own Kevin Wilson, at Barnes and Noble and Amazon.com. Okay, we are back. Even the new platform, just so everyone knows, we'll have segment three as a cheesesteak platform. Uh, people love cheesesteaks. We get a lot of good reviews uh, about the cheesesteak segment. So Did let's we talk- find a segment for a uh, sponsor for the segment yet? Like Lipitor, yeah, or, right. You know, apple vinegar to break up all the cholesterol. And we're gonna hand the ball off to Jim. Jim, tell Jim, talk about your last uh, couple cheesesteaks. Last couple cheesesteaks. Um, I think I'm gonna go back two weeks. I don't think I talked about it last time or the last time I was here. It was uh, Seymour's smoked. Cheesesteaks no. over uh, Route 30. Over oh, yeah, North I saw Street. that when you were at, on Instagram. I saw that, the smoked cheesesteak. Yeah, that was the, interesting. It was very interesting. It was funny, though, because, again, it's right in the name, smoked cheesesteak. <laughs> well, they're not, no hiding, right? They're telling you flat out what you're dealing with. <laughs> exactly. But I bit into it. I'm like, wow, this yeah. is smoky. <laughs> the, um, so I was uh, a little shocked by the flavor, but I tell you what, it was exactly what it says it was. A nice... Um, Nice smoked cheesesteak, great roll. Um, they have their own Seymour uh, made sauce to go with it, and um, good little spot over there on Route 30. And um, yeah, you got to be—it's in the name. I'm telling you again, so don't be surprised like I was when you bite into a smoked cheesesteak and it tastes smoky. So let me ask you this real quick: Do you have? Uh Guidelines. Everybody knows that I've done a show and periodically do a show with Tony Luke, big cheesesteak guy. Tony has a pretty set range of what, and he never bags on anybody, but he has a pretty set range of what is considered a cheesesteak. And that's sort of like the South Philly 70s vibe of this is what goes on a cheesesteak, right? Now, where would you put smoke? Is that something along with, you know, like unnecessary stuff? Or do you think that's still authentically a cheesesteak? I think it was authentically a cheesesteak. But what you put all those, like, uh, he smokes his provolone. And okay. provolone's my new recreational cheese. But it, <laughs> it, it, it tastes completely different. I mean, the, the, the whole... Yeah, I remember that the first time I tried smoked provolone, someone was like, have you had this before? And I basically had sharp provolone and sharper provolone. Those were the only provolones I've had. First time I tried it, I was like, is this still provolone? Exactly. And that's what this whole cheesesteak was. I mean, I think I think because of the parameters of it was a roll, it was meat, it was cheese, it's still a cheesesteak. Okay. But it's so, it was so different. And it, like I, you know, I said, I try and be you know, funny about it, but I'm, you know, I'm thinking, all right, it's smoked. I know what smoke tastes like. And I bit into it, and it was still, wow, this is smoked. And it's just, uh, you go in thinking that you know what it's going to taste like, and it doesn't. And you don't. <laughs> it, it does not. It needed a... Hey, think about how good this has to be if it's Swerve the Cheesesteak Guy. I mean, we joke around a lot, but, you know, he's our boy, he's our friend. This guy's tried over 300 cheesesteaks. Yeah. So, you know, he's sort of like the last word on this thing in our area. And if he's surprised by something... You're doing pretty good. I mean, yeah. keep in mind, a cheesesteak isn't a complicated dish. I think we've talked about this before. The success of the dish over the years is the simplicity of it. Meat, cheese, bread, maybe a little salt or pepper or something, maybe onions. But, you know, we're not talking about, you know, French style, Italian style. We don't get any of that. It's, it's a cheesesteak. Well, you yeah, and you, and you nailed it there. It's those three ingredients, when those three ingredients work and are done properly and done properly together and they fit together... Um, that's a great cheesesteak. Yeah. You don't need any of the other. You don't need any of the other ancillary things to make it a great cheesesteak. If you have, and the, the key there too is that sometimes you have a great roll, but it just doesn't work with the cheese or meat or the way you prepare it. And um, but yeah, you're right. When those three things work, it doesn't matter what else you put on it. You got a good cheesesteak. Well, there are places I've had really good cheesesteaks, and they're putting the cheesesteak on a baguette. 
I love a baguette. We talked in the last segment to Charlie, with Charlie about a baguette. Cheesesteak has no business being on a baguette. Right. It's too narrow. Uh, it's too hard. A cheesesteak roll is one of those things where you've got to hit a sweet spot, right? Yeah. It's got to be strong enough to avoid blowout, which Jim's talked about a bunch of times. Yeah. But it's still got to be strong enough that, you know, I'm not swallowing this thing whole. Don't yeah. cut my gums. On yeah, I, I don't want to cut right. my gums, but I also don't really just want to be eating raw dough at the end. You know, I sit in a bar. We're going to have two beers. We're going to have a cheesesteak. We're going to hang out for an hour. I'd sort of like my last bite of the cheesesteak to be as good as the first bite. And let's, let's lead people. I'm sorry, but we're going to lead people. Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure on YouTube is probably my favorite YouTube channel. And uh, Dos Amigos, you can see the great Dos Amigos. They are guest eaters for Jim. It's your uncle. and my, It's my cousin. <laughs> he don't appreciate that, though. That's my cousin and a mutual friend. I'm a huge fan of Dos Amigos. And what Jim does is he invites guest eaters, and they can come and be on the YouTube channel. Yeah, if you're not, if you're a foodie and you're not watching this, oh, yeah. you're missing out. You're I've been a guest eater. Food. Yes, Jim <laughs> Hassan has been a guest eater. But, Jim, talk about the other places. Go ahead. The, um, well, the other place, oh, this this kind of the role conversation goes right into it. Um, Silvio's Silvio's Deli and Hat Hatboro. I mean, what a phenomenal role! Because so many times to go back to to Jay Cole's point, yeah, you. I went to a place months ago and got to go for the role, got to go for the role, got to go for the role. Well, you know what? Yeah, that was a phenomenal role. Had no no business being near any cheesesteak meat because it's too good, too dense, and just a phenomenal role all by itself. Um, so yeah, that, that on with that point that it's, you know, the Silvio's great role. Daily made their daily every day. Right. They open it, uh, they open it, I think seven or nine and you can have a cheesesteak at seven or nine on a great roll. Um, but again, they, that there's was, something about a cheesesteak at like seven in the morning. I agree. I, I, you know what I mean? There's something about it. Like you wouldn't have it at home, right? Like you'd wake up in the morning. I agree. Most people aren't making a cheesesteak at home, but when you're out or you're at a tailgate, and you're kind of drinking like a beer and a cheesesteak at seven in the morning. Is it unholy um, to throw an egg on that? <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I cheesesteak no, egg. Personally, for me, oh no. Goodness. The cheesesteak authorities, Jim. I, uh, I did get uh, the stink eye from Tony one time. <laughs> Tony, uh, I've been fortunate enough. I've known Tony for years. Um, Tony has sort of been my culinary mentor um, in doing, you know, cheesesteak competitions, that sort of stuff. Um, Tony does not necessarily think when I throw a pork roll egg and cheese on a cheesesteak that. Uh, I see him make the face like, all right, um, you know, okay, whatever. But I think that's delicious, man. I, I think love it. For breakfast, I don't know if I get it all the time, but seven in the morning, people in this area are used to certain flavors, right? Pork roll and cheese is one of them. Um, I think you throw some pork roll and an egg onto a steak, which is already cheesy. Um, I would probably suggest if you're going to make a breakfast cheesesteak, Probably go with maybe American. Uh, Jim would probably know this better than I would, or maybe Cooper. I don't know if I would go with like provolone at six thirty-seven in the morning. That might be a little weird, a little too heavy. But the um, I'd also go with uh, Jack Daniels and orange juice. With <laughs> 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 my morning. Cheese and now you see what the cheesesteak adventure on YouTube.com is all about. Ah, uh, YouTube's cheesesteak adventure is all sponsored by Captain Morgan and Lipitor. Dos Amigos. Yeah, Dos Amigos. Yeah, we have a new format for Dos Amigos. Um, <laughs> The, but the role at uh, Silvio's, same thing. Great role. Their actually role worked pretty good with their cheesesteak. But still, I left thinking, wow, what a great role. And then it's like, well, what about the rest of your cheesesteak? Uh, I got to look at my pictures. You know, because the, the <laughs> role was so good. I spoke to a lady who used to work at Del Bono's. She asked me not to mention her name, so I won't because she doesn't work there anymore. But she said at Del Bono's they used to have like three unofficial criteria for their bread. Uh, you know, one, is it made according to recipe and specs? Two, does it look okay that we can actually sell this in the store? And three, how will this hold up to like a cheesesteak, a sausage and pepper sandwich, and like a meatball sandwich? Because, and if it didn't meet that, they would pass on it. And I kind of, you know, let's be honest, it's not like Del Bono's is starving. There's a lot of places using that bread in the city. Um, in South Jersey, too. And I think for a lot of places, I know Lizio's, people know, you know, I'm friends with them. Um, people know that uh, the bread is so killer. And you talk about this, and I can't stress enough how important this is. If you're going to do a cheesesteak, and I don't care if you're a bar or restaurant, I don't care if you're an upscale place. I mean, crepes are a little bit different. You know, Charlie's kind of working on a different canvas. But if you're going to bust out a cheesesteak, please, and especially if you're going to charge me like 250 bucks for it, where did you go? Barkley Prime? Barkley or, Prime. Where yeah. we went? 
please don't give me like like an eighty cent roll. Do me a favor, spend the extra forty cents, <laughs> hit up Lizio's or whoever, and they do it and though. get it. Yeah, it's eighty cent S- rolls all over. Somebody told me it wasn't Barkley; it was another steakhouse. They decided to do like a bar cheesesteak one night, right? Maybe it was National Cheesesteak Day this year, and they did like a thirty nine dollar cheesesteak. Wow. And I know for a fact they were giving me the same roll that Wawa gives me on my meatball yeah. sandwich at like no. two in the morning. You guys know I love Wawa, right? You guys know I love Wawa, especially two in the morning. But if you're paying thirty nine, but if I'm paying thirty nine bucks, spend that extra fifty cents and get me a better roll. Yeah, it's got to complement each other. You yeah, can have, yeah the, exactly. uh, you know if you're gonna have great meat, great cheese, and homemade sauces or whatever you're gonna have, put it on a good roll. Oh, they were they were bragging about how it was like, like top sirloin. We thinly shaved top sirloin, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, but you. Th- and I'm not gonna name the bakery, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah, but you threw it on a shmemmy roll. Yeah, I agree. And Jim, talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, the training camp. You went to meet Those these are chefs. The Eagles. <laughs> Jim funny. and Josh McCown are the, as of this are, are the two quarterbacks, right? Exactly. We're it out. <laughs> he was leave. in the mix, I think. He was in the mix. <laughs> I had to leave early to uh, for a final <clears throat> showdown. Um, it's funny because it, it comes off of the Bar- Barkley Prime. Um, the uh, one of the chefs, Chef Tim, does a chef. He's on Instagram, Chef Tim, Chef Tim Eagles, I think. He does a podcast for the Eagles called Feeding the Birds. Um, so he invited me up, and we went over to Barkley Prime and had the. Um, the $125 cheesesteak comes in a bottle of champagne. And um, they use they use a good roll. At the part that, that, was a, that was a good roll. Um, the Wagyu beef, the homemade, uh, the yeah. six cheeses, uh, Chef Mark from Barclay Prime was uh, describing the cheese sauce and how they get the cheese. And a, a goose, a pork goose goes through a lot to give us such a cheese cheese because he was describing it. I'm like, right, that's enough. Thank you very much. But uh, what a fun, wonderful, it's a, it, you could build an event around the Barclay Prime cheesesteak. You know, if you're having a guy's night out to go to a game, someone's birthday, someone you're going to a show, but a before or after event, it comes cut in thirds, so you can split it three ways, and you should split it three ways because Wagyu beef is just unbelievable beef. It's it's just so rich and and uh, buttery. Buttery, yeah. It's just it's so rich. You, you, the cheesesteak has to be cut in thirds because if you eat more than a third, you just yeah you're like getting that greasy. Feeling. I, I'm sorry, my friends and I can only afford a hot dog for me plus. <laughs> <laughs> Barkley Prime, the guy gives me like three cocktail francs and an olive from the bar and get out. And full full disclosure is I know a guy on the inside and he says most people get it as an appetizer and they split it up. Exactly. That's, that's what, what it is. It, yeah. That's how I got it. My brother-in-law was had turned 50 and he decided he wanted to do something different. And I said to him, well, dude, if you really want to do something different, you know, I take you for a hundred dollar cheesesteak, yeah. and and we did, you know. And he's a guy that his whole life ate, you know. He's a Gino steaks guy. I don't know how many steaks you get at Gino's for a hundred bucks, seven, right. eight. Yeah. Uh, he decided to go, and his response, even though he was fairly drunk at this point, his response was, "I don't know if you go to Gino's and you get a cheesesteak and it's what eleven bucks, maybe twelve bucks." He said, "I don't know if this steak." is eight times better than a Geno's steak. Like, everybody should do it once in their life. I agree. But, you know, like, three of us split it up, and it was good. I certainly don't want to take anything away from them. But we've talked about this. Cheesesteak is sort of, I call it truck food. I sit in my truck. I have some beverage in the console, um, and I get a cheesesteak and some napkins, and I'm happy. When I'm $100 into it before we've had the first cocktail arrive— uh, you know, and it's not like me and my family don't drink. You know, it's not like we're having water all night. A lot of times our bar bill is the same as the food bill. Uh, $100 cheesesteak is tough. Right. It is tough. And it's, but it's, it's funny, too. It's like you said, because, you, you know, I get the question all the time, well, what's the best cheesesteak? Well, what are you doing? Where are you going? Yeah. How much yeah. do you want to spend? Exactly. Yeah. Right, it's at 7 a.m. and you're going to cross Telconi, if I remember, bitch, go to Little Pete's. <laughs> you know, are you having someone's 50th or 70th or... 30 wedding anniversary. Well, you might, you know, you're going into a show. Maybe, you know, maybe it's worth it. Or something Charlie mentioned before about building out an empanada truck, right? Um, everybody knows I did a show called The Food Truck Authority with Gary Koppelman. Uh, Gary Koppelman is like the grand poobah of, of food truck people in this area. One of the first questions Gary would ask people is, 
and people thought Gary was maybe being like a little harsh or whatever, um, but he wanted to know, how much do you really want to spend? I want to do a fried chicken truck. Okay. It's $90,000. Do you have <laughs> access to $90,000? If not, let's talk about something else. If you want to spend 100 bucks for cheesesteak, my man Jim will tell you exactly where to go. Realistically, you've got 10, 12 bucks to spend on a cheesesteak. My man Jim can still tell you where to go, but let's be honest, most of the people listening to this show, yeah. they want the 12 Well, realistically, they want Kevin's $8 cheesesteak from Port Richmond. Yes, five, uh, $3.99. What's $5.99? <laughs> $5.99 seasons. No, mine's $3.99. All right, before we go to break, just mention about the YouTube channel because I think it's the best channel in the history. YouTube channel is. Cheesesteak, Philadelphia cheesesteak. All of my stuff is Philadelphia cheesesteak adventure. I, don't, I, I got one name in my head and I stuck with it. So the website, YouTube channel, Philadelphia cheesesteak adventure. Um, and I've done some, I did cheesesteak stories and viewer videos. So they're, they're connected mm-hmm. to it also. Um, but I, yeah, it's either there or my website because I, I, when I post one, it gets connected to the other. Okay. And I just got a text. We have not heard from Jim Hassan. When we come back, we're going to be talking all brunch. And we're going to get Jim's input. Uh, yeah, because Jim one can't cook for <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Mom. <We're> gonna, <laughs> thanks, All right, Mom. so we'll be right back with all brunch picks. I didn't see Jim. You can follow Dining on a Dime on Facebook at facebook.com. That's uh, forward slash Dining on a Dime, the number one. On Twitter at Dining on a Dime, the number one. Instagram, KJW1972. And for sponsorship opportunities, starting as low as $200 per episode, email us at diningonadime at yahoo.com. Okay, we are back. Now, we only have 15 minutes to give our best brunch pick. So it's time for my freeform wrap. Yes. So uh, we're going to go quick. I'm going to Shut do, off his mic. <laughs> I'm going to do three. Jim Hassan has not been able to contribute. You can do three, right, Jim? No, sure. give him four because his mom is upset. <laughs> well, Jim brings in a, a lot of listeners. Trust I don't me. want his mom texting me the poop emoji and the middle finger emoji. All right. We're, we're ready. Jim's fourth pick will be his mom's breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Our, my first brunch recommendation, and I'm telling you, this is one of the best restaurants that are newer. It's been open about a year and a half in the city of Philadelphia. Sandler's on 9th, Paul Sandler, 834 Chestnut Street, right at 8th and Chestnut. Y'all can go there. Outstanding brunch. Uh, But I had his burger, and his burger gave me literally a puddle of juice. That's how uh, juicy the burger was. So that's my first pick for brunch. My second pick, just so everyone knows, Facebook.com forward slash dining on a dime one forward slash. All my photos are there. Uh, so everything I'm telling you about today... He's used up to his last photos, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, we're done. That's we're, why we have a new format that's for a new season format. two. My second pick is uh, going to be Pharmacia, right near Jim Hass, right near Royal Boucher. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, that's pretty close next to him, actually, and right? My, my photo is on the Facebook page, 15 South 3rd. Uh, Jim's on 2nd at Royal Boucherie, but it's a very great brunch. Uh, my third pick is going to be... Honey, sit and eat. Now, here's the thing. You go to brunch at Honey, sit and eat, 800 North 4th Street. The line is down the block. Uh, so I don't know if you want to go during the week. That's what I did. Uh, but the Yeah, honey we should preface each- this with we're going to give you picks, but if you don't make reservations, yeah. there may be some places you if might you want to call them. You call, you're going to wait. I mean, everybody wants to do Sunday brunch now. This isn't like a thing. It's not 30 years ago. Everybody goes to brunch on Sunday that can stagger onto their feet from That's Saturday right. night. And I'm going to last, one- week, last week I went to Jim's mom's house for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you. I'm going to give one more pick, and then we're going to give Jim Hassan a, a few tries. Nine picks. Uh, my next pick is Fork, 306 Market. Uh, they got a great chef, uh, very good brunch, very popular brunch. Uh, that's a 306 Market. That's another place for a while that was doing this cute, petite sort of brunch cheesesteak. I remember that. Yeah. They were doing it on like one of those little dinner rolls, and it was like a nicely folded Swiss steak with egg and cheese. It, it was. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were doing it at the bar, and it was very cool. And go to the Dining on the Dime One Facebook page. You'll see my photo. The, the dish prep, the dish uh, display, what is that called? Whatever they call it. The looks of the dish yeah. is beautiful. It's a great place. What's that place? Uh, that is called Fork. Fork. 
306 Markets. Uh, Jim Hassan, I haven't heard from you. Let's okay. go. because so, you keep I, talking over him. <laughs> I kind of want to start with a brunch rant, okay. if that's okay. I, I feel like brunch is a dying uh, thing, and, and, and it's because of uh, places where I work at Grubhouse. Because of the that's, it's, it's because of places where I work, like Grubhouse, where we do breakfast. Like, and and let, let's give some credit to McDonald's. They, they said, hey, people are going to want – people want – breakfast all day and um you know place like grubhouse we we offer breakfast from us uh, 8 a.m to 8 p.m um you know charlie's crepes you can you know you can go get a sweet crepe in the morning and you can get a dinner crepe at night um so and then you know like you talk about brunch like people are like oh you went for brunch like oh we're brunch is basically like oh hey look at us we're eating pancakes in the afternoon like <laughs> yeah, but they're having pancakes in a shot right. let's be clear alcoholics call brunch Anything so that right. they can drink with it, right? Otherwise, it's just sad breakfast. Sure, yeah, it's just an excuse to drink. The and like, you, know, you say, like, what did you? <laughs> Yum! That was the best breakfast cheese I ever had. <laughs> I, I think I had it. I, I think I had the it. Martini. So, so uh, you know, like, so you ask somebody, "What would you have for brunch?" I had a burger. Like, that's lunch. Like, right. like you just ate lunch for you. You ate lunch. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> have, <laughs> having said that, there's a few places. Uh, uh, there's a place when I, I I was lucky enough to try this place when I was working in Haddonfield at Valente's um, uh, La Cafe Creperie. It's run by a guy named Ash Maitre. Um, awesome, awesome crepes. And it was like the first I, I've had crepes before, but it was the Dude, first time I actually like, sat down. We got the crepe wait, out wait, here. Wait, wait, wait. What's going on here? No one has <laughs> crepes anywhere between here and Ohio. Try, and Charlie. I, I had picked this place and before we'll I met Charlie, but I definitely uh, would like to try his place too. Um, you, you mentioned Royal Boucherie. Like Royal Boucherie is kind of an expensive place, but uh, if you go for brunch, you can get some good deals and get a chance to try some really good food uh, for uh, at brunch. I don't understand time. why it's so expensive though, because I know they pay you nothing. So I'm kind of wondering where all that <laughs> I money work for is food. going. <laughs> people, by the way, I Jim know gets how people the are. Right. I know people are. I have no idea what Jim gets paid. It's not my business. <laughs> I don't know what Royal Boucherie plays anybody. It's a great place. It's just all the all the oysters I can eat. While nobody's looking, <laughs> bring bring me a chop up. Again, what's your number so the, one place? So uh, there's a place, uh, and and I think like Charlie's shows this. Like if you do, if you have a great Instagram page, it really like pushes you off the chart. And there's a place called uh, I believe it's uh, Sulamay's. Yes, yeah. that's it, in my neighborhood. It's, in, it's yeah. not far from you. And I've, I've actually, Gerard honestly, Avenue. I've never been there. But like his Instagram is it's so fantastic. great that I, I feel like I need to go get something. I there. describe Sulamay's Instagram as Lookman, no hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like you wouldn't believe the stuff that the guy's throwing out there. Homemade scrap egg and cheese, long roll with coffee, five bucks. And, that, and I also you? love that he, uh, he, he um, I guess, uh, Wahlburger closed. So he kind of like Thank jumped God. on. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of jumped on that and like, hey, guess what? We're selling a bunch of burgers. Uh, there'll be another at, show. We'll talk about Wahlburgers. Those are my three picks. S-U-L-I-M-A-Y-S. Yeah, I it's a check very this guy good out. spot. I don't know what that comes from, or I, I'd love to. I, no, no, uh, no, no. The original owners owned it from the 70s. And so then he the just kept the name. For the restaurant to yeah. bought the place like two years ago. Kept the name. Yeah. yeah I mean, that that's. I just have to try that place. Yeah. And, and I think Ooh. other people should try it too. That's, that's all I got. Okay. John Cole. <laughs> I kind of always wind up being the Jersey guy. We've talked about a bunch of places in Philly, and I've mentioned a ton of Philly places. You guys have heard me talk about McGillan's, Molly Malloy's, blah, blah, blah. You guys know to go there. I'm going to try to focus a little bit on South Jersey. Um, first place is the Farm and the Fisherman. Yes, I know they have a location in Horsham, PA, but the sort of, we'll call it mothership, is uh, Farm and Fisherman in Cherry Hill. And their brunch, I will just say this, give yourself plenty of time. Wear stretchy pants and don't rush because they are doing some amazing stuff. And this is maybe my favorite new eatery gimmick. It's like 65, 70% restaurant and 30% market, which means between courses, before I eat, after I eat, I can buy stuff to bring home. Great spot. Like, yeah. Like I can ask them like, hey, they do a corn and crab chowder. And I've said this before. I said this to Pete Genovese when he was doing New Jersey's Best Restaurants. This is the best corn and, corn and crab chowder I've had. And I've made it myself. I've had it at the Vincent Town Diner. I've had it at a ton of places. They make the best corn and crab chowder I've had. Um, you should probably get over there. 
the next place I've mentioned a little bit, but not specifically for brunch, and that's the Robin's Nest in Mount Holly, uh, old Victorian building. Uh, it's a little bit dressy. I mean, you guys know I tend to walk into everywhere in like you know cargo jorts and like a Lehigh Valley Phantoms jersey, uh, you know, and Crocs. I've never seen you in a Phantoms jersey. <laughs> Strictly real, t-shirts. But realistically, uh, it's a nicer place. You know, I'll put on long pants like a grown up and nice shirt take my wife and family over there and they do it's not like a buffet so if you're one of these people that needs to go to atlantic city and eat to failure this isn't your place but they do really nice composed breakfasts and the thing may be uh not to disrespect the savory chef at robin's nest but robin Winsiger is an amazing baker she's owned a bakery catering shop bake shop um always leave room for a little bit of dessert Always leave a tiny little bit of room for dessert. And I'll tell you now, the third place I go to, I got two places for brunch. And yeah, partly I'm saying them because these guys are here, but partly I'm saying them it's because it's the truth. If you're somebody that Sunday is a day of activity. Now, anybody who's looked at me know this body is not made for activity. (laughs) But if you're a kayaker, if you're one of these hikers, if you take your very fit dog, I don't have a very fit dog. You've seen pictures of my dog. Um, go to Charlie's Crepes. Yeah. He has amazing, and yeah, partly, I would say this if he wasn't here, um, but him being here is a great reminder. Charlie does amazing food. Yeah. And you can, I know for a fact, when I was younger and actually a little active on a Sunday, um, I would hit Wawa. And again, there's nothing wrong with Wawa, the sizzly, whatever, but that's... You know, that's not a high-quality culinary brunch. It's just it's just brunch. And the other one I would tell you to hit is Grub House. And yeah. again, I'm saying this because Jim is here. Maybe Jim won't say it, but I'll say oh, it. Oh, it's great. I've been eating at Grub House for six years. I'm trying to think when they rack at the other spot. Um, Grub House has always had amazing food. Yeah. What, what township always- is Grub Grove House. Grove House Center City. Yeah. Center City oh, in the Boar's Building. Inside the Boar's Yeah, oh, gotcha, they, they moved on up to the east side. They yeah. used to be in normal it's, it's, it's actually Old City, not Center City. Old City, right. They used exactly. to be where normal folks were. <laughs> now it's all upscale and fancy. I got to wear shoes. The Budweiser crowd was there. <laughs> and if you go to, the, if you go to Grove House, you actually play the Jefferson's theme song. <laughs> I do. Right? The Sanford and Son one. I enjoy that. This is food that's real. And I don't care about... funny. I don't care a ton about the price here. If I'm up on a Sunday morning before noon, I need to justify that to myself because there's nothing going on before the crack of noon in my life on a Sunday. But if I'm up then, then I want something decent to eat. Go over to Charlie's. I sent my niece in one day. She ran in. She grabbed some stuff. Uh, Everybody was, you know, Charlie's got these great takeout containers. It sounds like a weird thing to talk about. But when you're driving down the shore... It's important. Especially Everybody's passing their food around, and the last thing you want is some dollar store paper plate with stuff falling all over the all over the truck. Um, Charlie's got these great takeout containers, and he's got these really cool takes on. Like I've said, he's got food truck energy. Uh, I've seen him do, you know, like pasta bolognese type crepes. I've seen him do braised short rib crepes. I've seen him do crab type of crepes. Uh, And then, of course, yeah, the traditional stuff for sure. You know, like my niece doesn't know anything exists other than Nutella, strawberries, and banana. (laughs) He's got her covered. He's got her covered. So I would say the two guys sitting to my right and left, those are probably my third pick, depending on where I was. If I was going into the city or if I was, you know, staying in South Jersey or maybe getting on the road. That's where I would hit brunch. We, we were actually working on an appetizer that is going to be named after John Cole. It's a, <laughs> it's a pork roll cut into four pieces and deep fried and like almost like a chip. chip, chip. chip. Okay. It's a pork there. roll I'm chip. There. Sign me up for that. And we have one pick from you, Jim Pappas, because we're about to wrap up the show. My pick, even though I've had some great, great combinations, great cheesesteak, there's some great brunch cheesesteaks out there. The Coffee House 2 and Fishtown we talked nice. about a year ago. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you've mentioned them before. Yeah, yeah Cafe Lift downtown with the Norbert also. But, you know, the, what I'm sorry we didn't say in the beginning, um, Charlie's Crepes. I mean, I'm not a foodie. I, right. eat, I eat cheesesteaks. I get my Uber driving, I eat cheesesteaks, and I don't know anything else but besides, well, Wawa for my, my tasty cakes. Um, but, you know, it, when, when, you, when I hear crepe, yeah. I have a vision in my head of something that I don't want to eat. Yeah, definitely. But going to his Instagram, that's the place I want to eat at. And it's like uh, Jay Cole was saying, it's not just uh, the strawberries and Nutella 
that Charlie puts on his crepes. The, the short ribs, the braised ribs, the, the London broils. He whatever did you those braised ribs. He, I just kept watching to get food video. into my mouth yeah. easier. Yeah. I kept that's watching that video over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Charlie's like, here I am, bracing the short ribs. Right. I'm like, here I am, creeping back on your Instagram feed. <laughs> no, but that's a great, great, at, great point. At, at 3 a.m. before I text John Cole how to make a, how to make a, how to make a sandwich, <laughs> I'll be on Charlie's uh, Instagram going, ooh, crepe. I, I know, right? <laughs> So we yes. want to direct everyone, wildfireradio.com, go into the search engine look for dining on a dime because this is our final restaurant pick format uh we've covered everything we've covered breakfast lunch dinner and next week we have our finale all crazy right? well the the finale of the season is someone's getting killed off no, no, no. <laughs> our season finale next sunday is going to be a catered party that we're going to play a pre-tape so we we'll can talk have about some of our favorites oh, some yeah, of our top spots. we'll shout out some of our listeners absolutely. who've had stuff but when we come back for season two and we'll talk about this a lot season two is going to be a little different uh, d- different yeah, because I'm out of picks. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to give mediocre picks. We're like, going to be giving, giving picks money. in Ohio. Yeah, but uh, right. wildfireradio.com, Dining on a Dime. You can find all our past shows. Uh, we've covered every type of cuisine also. I've had people asking me, oh, did you do vegetarian? Yeah, we did everything. Yeah, we've had, we've done Indian, pizza. We've had top-level Indian cooks and restaurateurs in here. Cheesesteaks, three episodes, because our main man is Jim Pappas. Three episodes of cheesesteaks. Uh, we don't mention well-known places. We always we make try a, not to, right, and sometimes we, always, we make an exception. Like a place like McGillan's, it's hard not to mention because right. they're designed around our model. Our model is good stuff for cheap, right. and McGillan's and the Irish pub in Atlantic City are built on you're drunk, and I know you don't have much money <laughs> left, so I'll feed you. And uh, I just well, want to—it's a landmark too. Yeah, yeah. like Definitely. the Forest Building in Old City. Yeah, the, it's the hard certain things, but we have tried to tell people. This is where you can eat. When we come back from season two, and we'll talk about it more next week. Yeah, next week we'll get into it. We're going to be slightly different. And uh, I just want to say this. Uh, One of the pictures on the Facebook page for Dining on a Dime is La Croix. Seven, their brunch is top of the line. Oh, I've eaten there. It's, it's it amazing. has it has been reduced to seventy five dollars. When I went, it was ninety five. I was oh, going to say yeah. When I went to Le, this like 75. several years ago, Lacroix was like a being a person, and that kind of makes me go. And that's inside. Hold on the, a second. Inside the Rittenhouse Hotel, you can wa- you can look at the photo on our Facebook page. If I'm not close to the Rittenhouse Hotel, I can go to the Mac Mart. Yeah, right. And I can get a bowl of buffalo mac and cheese for like eight bucks. All right, next week is our one year birthday party. Have a great week. Ooh, stay hungry, everybody. To a few hundreds of restaurant reviews and photos from Philadelphia restaurants. And to get more information about the Dining on a Dime podcast, go to www.phillyrestaurantreviews.com.